Hi, and welcome to MC Podcast number 29. Today we'll be discussing kind of the overview of Harvest, uh, what, what we see out throughout the country, and we'll be looking at some of those. Today's in-studio guest is Kevin Kuhn. Kevin, welcome. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So uh, just kind of give us a little background of what's been going on with you here lately. So um, I'm playing catch-up a little bit today. So I've spent the last two weeks trying to kill one specific deer that I, I've had my heart set on, and uh, he is still breaking my heart. But I'm back at work this week trying to play catch-up a little bit. He, he has eluded you, huh? He has been one step ahead of me for like 16 days now. One step, huh? Yeah, every time every time I'm on one end of the farm, he shows up on camera on the other end, and vice versa. So, so, so do you think this is an intentional thing on his part, or is it just uh, just bad luck on your part? It would make me feel better if it was intentional. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. You know, these once once a deer gets to a certain age, they're really they they are masters of their their domain, and they are really good at staying alive. And he is doing a good job of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. So he. he so he may be able to sense that you are there, and he just like, whoop, I'm going to go around the other way. Kind of seems that way sometimes. There, there you go. Absolutely. No, so we're, we're glad you're back in the office. I'm, I'm back in the office. Uh, I think uh, I looked at the calendar. I think there is, uh, between all of the trips and everything I've got going on, I think there's one more week uh, from now until Christmas that I will actually be in the office. And so we're all kind of playing catch up, and I'm trying to fill that week with meetings. By the way, I, I noticed that I, I got the emails <laughs> right. You know, like oh, we need a meeting on this day, and yeah. on yeah, you know, so it, it'll be okay. And today was filled was basically filled with meetings all day. Yep. Although they they did get me a new computer while I was gone last week, and so I I don't know. You know, we're we're working on it for those guys who who uh, who can see this on YouTube. They, uh, I, you know what I wanted to say there, right? The YouTubes. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to do it, um, but anyway. So, so I'm, 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 I'm kind of working out the bugs on this new computer, and so we'll, we'll see how that goes. So, uh, you know, being out and about, uh, being gone for, for a little while, but everything. Uh, how, how is, how have you heard harvest is going? You know, I mean, we, we're, we're past, we're, we're past silage harvest now. We're into grain harvest. I think most of the, most of the farms even around, around the house have taken, have taken most of their grain out. What, what are you, what are you hearing out in the industry, Kevin? Yeah. So, so I had a chance to be, uh, be out on the road some, uh, this summer. So I got a chance to see a lot of the crops in season prior to harvest. Um, and then, um, in October, we traveled up to Madison, Wisconsin, did World World Dairy Expo. At that point, you get a chance to meet with dairymen from all around the world, really, um, and get it was getting a lot of feedback from harvest uh, harvest at that point. Uh, we are now at a point in the year where um, a lot of the silage data is slowly trickling in. We've got some uh, university data coming in. Um, and then, uh, you know, we are also far enough along now that we've, we've got a lot of grain data that's that's yeah. beginning to trickle in. Um, you know, and, and it's kind of, a you know, every year is different. Uh, this is one of those years, I think on average, when you look at what's going on around the country, I think yields are going to be up. Okay. Um, and that, that came as is coming as a little bit of a surprise to me because we had so many areas that struggled early on with right. excessive moisture. Um, but, uh, I think right now grain yields, silage yields, all that across the board are going to be up. Now that's not to say there aren't pockets that have had problems, but I think on average yields are going to be really strong this year. Right, and, and one of the, I think one of the good things about this year, uh, as far as harvests go, is the timing of harvest. Everything is, you know, doesn't seem to be delayed. We we haven't had a whole lot of delays, at least of what I've seen either either um, 
you know, silage or grain. I think everybody's been able to get in pretty much so when they wanted to get in and get everything out without without being a big mess. Right. That was a big issue in, in 2016 where, uh, especially across some of the dairy pockets of the upper Midwest, we had a lot of uh, major weather systems, systems move in with very heavy rain, um, and producers were just not able to get silage and grain out. And as a result, we wound up with a lot of silage that got harvested dry. We had a lot of late uh, disease pressure that, that uh, kind of magnified some of those problems a little bit. Um, you know, so we've had dairymen over the last year that have been dealing with that because they harvested that, that dry right. feed stuff. Right. Um, you know, so welcome relief to get a, get a timely harvest in and get some, some good quality silage uh, put up in the pile. Yeah, I think there's a, a, a lot of guys that are seeing some, some pretty good quality silage this year. Uh, coming off, and I think a lot of it has to do with with the timing of being able to get in and get it when they when they need to. So so it looks like the the good part of of harvest this year is timing. The good part is yield, and I, and and I think that your your statement overall, if we look at the averages of everything, uh, everything looks good. In fact, we were, we were talking right before this that there that you had read somewhere about what the projected national uh, average for uh, bushels per acre was going to be. Yeah, actually, I, I read a report now, and uh, just trying to remember off the top of my head, but uh, they were estimating the national national average to be over 170 bushels this year, wow. uh, which which is really strong. Very um, strong. I, I would have never dreamed this spring that we'd be talking about those kind of numbers at this point in the year. Um, but, you know, one of the things that – one of the things we talked about, um, even, even if you have areas that do struggle – if, if there's a lot of corn produced across the heart of that corn belt mm-hmm. from central Iowa across Illinois and Indiana, when, the, when those areas are strong, um, there's just a lot of corn out there. And, and that, that really drives the, the national average. It does. Um, as long as we don't have a lot of major catastrophes elsewhere, um, those three states really drive what's going on in the corn market. Yeah. And, and so, so if, we, if we are projecting this, this higher national average, um, you know, what, what are we looking at as far as, um, you know, I mean, are they projecting corn prices going up or down over, over the next year? Uh, right now, everything I'm seeing looks like a, like, uh, steady to, to slightly down. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. I'll tell you what I, what to kind of jump off on a, on a different subject with, with corn prices being down something that I noticed last week, I, I, I drove from, uh, from Illinois to Texas and something that I noticed is right there, kind of the, the boot hill of Missouri, down down 55 towards Memphis and then even 40 towards Little Rock. There was a lot of cotton planted this year. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, and, and I, I assume that that was probably a function of the fact that, that corn prices were, were a little bit lower than, than they have been, and, and so guys switched to cotton. I think that plays a factor in it. Um, you know, you, you've got some of those areas, uh, like when you move down into uh, into the Boot Hill, Missouri, where they can do some of that. Northeast Arkansas, they'll they'll move a lot of acres over to peanuts. Yeah. Um, and you know what we saw here locally in Southern Illinois was we saw a lot of bean acres mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to probably see even more bean acres for 2018. Um, you know, uh, you have so many, and, and and honestly, the beans are a safer bet in in our part of the world because uh, you know moisture tends to be so volatile um, yeah. we we're either we're either really wet or really dry uh, seems like on a lot of years and the soybeans are, are a good safe bet um, and guys can grow them with uh, with less inputs um, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you know we've seen we've seen a shift here locally to, to beans yeah I would agree I would agree that we've done that um, you know for with with the with the plethora of corn that that it appears that we're going to have and 
the corn prices being down a little bit already and corn grain prices and then um and then uh i don't even know where i was going there you're probably going to the price of feed i was going to the price of feed is where i was headed so with with the with the a large amount of corn that we have the lower prices this year livestock producers will will be able to to feed cows for less and um and so we were my wife and i we were we were driving uh this past week and we were talking about about the uh, the amount of cotton and 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 being that that corn prices she was like does that mean grocery prices are going to be down and so i you know i don't know i mean that that's always that's always kind of the crapshoot but um but yeah so so making that making that pound of meat or that pound of milk this year will probably be will probably cost producers less to be able to do that and and with a depressed milk market that's that's really not a bad thing you know i mean right. you know we don't you know eight dollar corn and sixteen dollar milk is 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 trouble right and, and so um and so with with this much corn that's been made and um and in the price kind of being being down a little bit it may help those guys have some have some cheaper feed certainly you know especially when you're talking about dairies who are are buying a lot of their uh, a lot of their inputs instead of producing them on their own acres which we see a lot with some of our larger farms especially western markets yeah uh, where they're rail car bringing in corn on rail cars um, some of that stuff for for some of their their starch and their diet um, you know this this will will help with some of the costs absolutely it will and um, and so yeah, so that that'll be that'll be good for those guys. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of uh, interesting as we as we look at this. There were really, you know, we talked about some droughty areas. You know, we had we had the good part of harvest, the bad part of harvest. That there were some droughty areas. There really wasn't any any big major ugly area that I can think of. Can, can you? You know, um, it it was it was an interesting year, and, and I saw driving around the country, you would hit pockets where uh, it would be really bad. So, just to give you some examples, I know there were a lot of problems in southern Iowa. Uh, there was a pocket here in Illinois, not too far north of us, kind of kind of between what I would consider southern and central Illinois. Okay. And there there was a there was a pocket that that got hit really hard with drought. Um, saw uh saw some of it out in nebraska dakotas they got they got hit pretty hard with drought um but the core dairy uh, pockets really did pretty well this year um so we haven't heard a whole lot of feedback about uh, you know about poor yields because um most of our growers uh, were, in, were in areas that were doing really well yeah and, you know and and thinking through that you know some of those areas like the northeast where last year they were droughty this year they were they were pretty wet right for for a while up, up uh in the uh, in the spring kind of delayed some of their planning um you know one of the things that i that i wonder i haven't seen many samples many silage samples from out out east yet but i wonder what the starch digestibility is going to be like this year yeah it's it's going to be interesting and uh as like you say you know we had the opposite end of the spectrum in the northeast from what we had in 2016 where we had severe drought and we had you know some guys that had total losses on corn crops um and you and i were up there um i guess man that would have been early august yeah. we, we were up there and uh, we saw a lot of uneven corn a lot of late planted corn um but you know because of all that moisture we're certainly going to see reduced uh, nitrogen uptake in the right. plants which you know as we typically see leads to um leads to lower test weight you know and that's that's always kind of a uh, a negative concept in the industry because for if I'm a row crop grain guy 
and I have a wet year, I don't get the heat I need, and I get lower test weight, I'm not going to have the weight across the scales. But different different kind of uh, um, result if you're a dairyman. Yeah, definitely a different kind of result if you're a dairyman. Now, we may have a little bit lower starch in, in, in the um, – as a percentage of dry matter in, right. in there, but it should be highly digestible, and they should be getting they should be getting more out of that, you know, because we know that if, if we if we leach that nitrogen out of the soil, it rains too much, the nitrogen le- leaves the soil or at least around around the roots of the plant, and the plant doesn't take up that nitrogen, then um, then it, it it doesn't when it when it doesn't take up that nitrogen, that nitrogen converts to proteins in the plant. And those proteins in corn uh, go towards some of the prolamin proteins in the grain, right. and, and what you will have is that softer grain texture, uh, that which is not which is not a negative for for a guy who's feeding corn, right. especially in a ruminant. Right. It's it's not a, not a negative at all. In fact, it's a little bit of a positive to be able to do that. And so I, I think that that overall, with with harvest being in full swing and almost over, I think things are going to be good. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know if we wanted to classify. You know, the 2017 harvest timing was good overall, except for a few pockets of different places. Everything seemed, seemed to be well. I think, I think the feed quality um, in, uh, in silage is going to be good this year. I, I have heard a few rumblings about uh, some of the mycotoxins, and so guys may need to be keeping an eye on that. If you're feeding corn silage, be checking some of the mycotoxins in there. Um, and, and, and seeing, you know, where, where those levels are. I, I had heard a little bit of rumbling about that, but I haven't heard much about it here lately. Sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, from a, from a master's choice perspective, it's been, it's been kind of exciting as the data's trickling in, uh, a lot of our new hybrids are, are some of the ones that are performing exceptionally well this year. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we added a new full season, the MCT 6653. Um, it's done really well. Um, you know, as, as data keeps coming in, we're going to, we're going to be pulling out uh, more and more bits and pieces. I know you're really excited about the 4934, the brand new 99 day. Absolutely. Um, you know, so there'll be, there'll be a lot of that stuff kind of coming out in the network here over the next, um, well, I guess next week will probably be the week we'll get university of Wisconsin. And then from there, it it kind of, uh, kind of comes out pretty fast. So between now and Christmas, we'll have a lot of information out. We we should have a lot of information. We should have our, our advancement plots, we should have most of those wrapped up. I, I, you know, I even saw samples come in today, though, from some of those advancement plots. So we still have we still have lots of data to go through mm-hmm. um, before we can before we can make some good solid decisions on on those things. I, I did hear um, this morning in our R and D um, uh, department meeting, you know, that we were talking about some really high grain yields over in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so, um, and. Um, you know, uh, that was there were several pockets in Indiana that were were really strong. Yeah. Um, you know, so so I'm anxious. I'm anxious to sit down every year. And, you know, one of my favorite times of the year is, you know, it rolls around December, January when we finally get all the data in. Yeah. And I can kind of sit down with you, sit down with Kyle and Cullen. And, you know, I've got I've got ideas in my head of what I think is going to do extremely well be, because of what I saw in the field this summer. But it's always a lot of fun to sit down and look at what the data actually says. And did it yield as well as it looked like it should have? And is the quality going to be what we right. think it should be? Um, you know, because this is where we start making the decisions on um, what are we going to continue with? What are we going to drop? Um, you know, if 
all of a sudden we see something new, you know, hey, Cullen, man, we need to make some crosses on this in winter because, yeah. you know, this thing spiked a lot. Definitely. Yeah, no, that, and that's, I mean, that's, that's one of the fun things for me is to sit down and dig through all that data and, and look at it and, and say, oh, this one did really well nutritionally, and then sit down with you all. And, and it, you know, inevitably there are a couple that always match up and you guys say, man, this thing has looked great all year and it yielded well and it had, you know, a great disease package. And, and I can go, man, it had superb nutrition. And so we can, we can go ahead and advance some of that. So definitely, definitely a fun thing. So want to, want to kind of deviate a little bit, because you, you said something that kind of sparked a thought in my mind. You're talking about you, you really, you know, you really like this, this type of year. Well, the, this type of year next week is is going to be Thanksgiving. So what what uh what kind of big plans do the do the Coons have for for Thanksgiving this year? You know, um uh, we uh we usually lay pretty low. Um so for me it's another chance to get back in the tree stand. Yeah. I yeah. I've still got one deer that I really want to want to get killed. Uh we will have a small family gathering on thanks uh actually the day after Thanksgiving. We'll we'll sit down and have have dinner together and as soon as, as soon as they'll let me go I'll run right back to my tree stand. Run, run right back out. So but this will be Flint's first Thanksgiving, it right? It will. It will. So you're going to let him have the turkey leg? Uh, you know, I'm not even sure we're going to do a turkey this year. What? No turkey at Thanksgiving? Yeah, we we uh, we may do something a little different. I'm actually thinking about maybe smoking some uh, some chickens, do something a little okay. just a little different. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's this will be his first Thanksgiving. He's uh, he'll turn a year old in December, um, so he's at a point now he's eating a little bit of everything, and you know everything's kind of new and curious, and uh, so it'll be a lot of fun. That's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so I I uh, I think we find kind of finalized all the Thanksgiving plans for the Kirk family. I think. Dad's gonna come up from Texas, and we're going to uh, we're gonna have Thanksgiving rice. And hey, we we do have the turkey, all yeah. right. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna smoke a turkey, and um, and of course, you know, I mean, with the Kirk family, just 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 us is, is a is a party. You know what I mean? <laughs> no we, doubt. We, we we bring the we bring the party, and um, and so I think we're gonna have several people in in for our our house. My wife and I were talking the other day. We we do a thing every year where we get a we get a thankful jar. And so where we where we all sit down and we got this big, I don't know, it's a big jar that she gets every year. I don't even know where she gets it from. And we write down things that we're thankful for. And so she was already looking forward to to decorating the thankful jar and getting out all of that so that we could uh, we could sit down and write all of the cool things that we are that we're thankful for uh, for for this year that are, that have been going on. That's so, really cool. Yeah. So hopefully hopefully even by the time you you get that you can you can write down on your thankful card killed the buck who has been eluding me i hope so my wife told me um last week that i was talking about this deer in my sleep <laughs> so it's not very often the deer really gets in my head but this one's kind of been in my head a little bit so i i figured i figured you had something going on here because you know i mean we've been we've been following each other text message and 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 and, and uh you know through through the last week or week or two is, is you've been in the stand i've been in the stand and and um and some of the other guys around the office we kind of got that got that going around and and I, I got to thinking, I was like, man, duck season is coming up pretty soon. And Kevin hadn't said a thing about duck season. I haven't even thought about it. Yeah, because you got you got monster buck in your in your brain. Yep. So that that happens, man. That happens. So um, you know, so so we got we got harvest that's already being wrapped up. We got Thanksgiving that is uh that is coming up. 
Uh, anything, anything else, you know, that, that you can think of that, that's, that's been going around here lately? Yeah, so something, something that's kind of on the horizon right now. Um, sat down after our, our full R&D meeting, uh, sat down with Kyle and Cullen this morning. We started making plans for Puerto Rico. Um, so, you know, as most of you guys know, Puerto Rico got slammed uh, back late summer, early fall with Maria. Hur- Hurricane Maria. Um, I guess they actually had two, two hurricanes, yeah. but, but uh, one heavily affected the south side of the island. Uh, where where we always uh, do winter nursery, um, and there was a lot of uncertainty as to whether or not we were going to be able to to have a nursery there this year. Now, when you talk about having a nursery in Puerto mm-hmm. Rico, just explain that just a little bit. Right. So, um, what we do what we do down there every winter is we'll send down uh, send down inbreds. Uh, Cullen will fly down there. Uh, he. Wait, wait. Cullen's not the inbred, right? Cullen okay. is not the inbred. Okay, we just make, make sure that that's clear. When right. we talk okay. about inbreds, we are <laughs> okay. still talking about corn. Okay, okay. Well, so, you said we send down some inbreds. So base genetics. Cullen's going down. So. Base genetics. Okay. So, so Cullen's working with base genetics down there, and he will be uh, he'll be making some inbred increases. Um, but primarily, what he is doing is he is making developmental crosses. So, um, uh, gives him another cycle when he's developing a new uh, a new inbred line, so he can he can make another cross there. We'll also make some hybrid crosses. Um, so they'll be, uh, actually looks like Cullen's going to spend Christmas in Puerto Rico right now. Um, but, uh, they just got us planted down there, uh, farm we work with planted, um, about a little over a week ago. And so they sent pictures today and we, we have corn up, road up, looks really good. Um, so was a little skeptical if we were going to be able to pull it off after the hurricane damage, but looks like, looks like everything's a go. And I know a lot of the Island is still in recovery mode. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's good to be able to go down there and, and our business, um, you know, and along with a lot of other companies in agriculture kind of help support some of that economy right. down there. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, very thankful that we are going to be able to get a crop in down there, but also thankful that Puerto Rico didn't lose this, this income. Um, yeah, because, because it, it would have been a big hit. It, yeah. Cause the tourist business has already kind of been a big hit for them. Right. You know, um, in, in a negative way, you know, they've, they've taken a, a, a bad hit because there's no, no tourism going on that typically goes on, especially in the fall when somebody can go down, um, you know, from here in the upper Midwest and what have you in, in Northern States, go down and experience a little, little sunshine, little tropics. But, um, but then, yeah, I, I remember, you know, I can remember mm-hmm. us sitting in, in R and D meetings and thinking, Oh wow, are we are we actually going to be able to go to Puerto Rico? If we can't go to Puerto Rico, where where are we going to go? Right. And and what are we going to do? And um and so yeah, so I, I am I am grateful that we can we can go there for us, but I'm also grateful that we can we can help out and and do some things for the folks down there. Right. Yeah, and and very fortunate the the farm we work with had uh, very minimal damage, uh, and more importantly the the workers there, um, everyone survived. Everyone's families were all, yeah. all survived the storms. You know, with some some minor minor structural damage but uh, everyone felt really really thankful with that severe of a storm to come out of it the way they did yeah no doubt no doubt okay so puerto rico anything else going on um no that's that's kind of it um we got uh um the inbreds are in the ground uh we've got hybrid seed on the way down there now okay. so uh, uh kyle vosberg will be down uh probably late january so we'll get the first look at some new hybrids okay. Um, so we'll kind of make some decisions on how they get tested based on what he sees. 
Um, but that'll be kind of the first round, and then uh, they'll we'll turn right back around and put the same seed in the ground uh, here in the states uh, in the spring, and then we'll we'll start to collect a lot more data on them when we get them here in the states. So down so down in, in Puerto Rico, we do a breeding nursery where where we're actually making crosses. We're taking parent plants right. and actually making crosses, and and then and then we'll have to harvest the seed off of that. And then plan it to see if we've actually done any good, right? Correct. Correct. And and um and so then, but then there's also seed that we that we did that with this this summer where we where we made crosses right with with certain inbreds and um, and parent plants and we sent that down yeah. to Puerto Rico. Yep. And and so now then then Kyle will go down the you know the end of January whenever and, and he'll and he'll do like we do here with an observation plot right where he'll go in say okay this 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 had good disease it's it kept standing it has good stature and he'll go down and take notes and then we'll actually get some yield off of some of those no actually we won't get yield off those so so the only thing we get out of puerto rico will just be visual observations um and uh we'll we'll get those visual observations and and it gives us that that initial look gives us a good idea of what's going to work and what's not okay um and then how we need to place them here in the states yeah um so that that's kind of a, a good first look um the other thing too that that I I failed to mention is uh, we've got new greenhouses going up. Yeah. Um, so I've I've been hearing for the last couple of weeks. You know, uh, by the end of the week, by the end of the week, by the end of the week. So hopefully late this week we will actually be planting uh, planting greenhouse crops. Uh, Michael has a crop in his greenhouse right. uh, and it is up and growing. Uh, we have three greenhouses that are fi- in the final stages of construction here in Southern Illinois. Uh, we're hoping to start planting those this week. Now they were talking about filling pots and and with uh, fertilizer and soil. Mm-hmm. You know, was it twenty one hundred pots, something like something that, like in just, that, in just these greenhouses in Southern Illinois? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, um, it's a, a a big big improvement on our overall winter capacity yeah. and what we've been able to do, um, and and pretty excited about it. And um, you know, the opportunity to to not only get more done in, in, in one winter cycle, but we can probably turn multiple cycles and we've got enough buildings now that it'll kind of help us with some, some early inbred increases, yeah. uh, and some things. So, um, I think it's one of those, one of those, one of those tools that as, as we grow in research and development and we start adding more, uh, gene marking to what we're doing more, more things where, uh, where we can use that greenhouse to turn products quickly. Um, I think it's going to help us to accelerate uh, kind of products in the pipeline. Yeah, definitely, and and it is. It's about it's about turning those things over because, you know, if we if we just had to rely on okay, we 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 made the cross this summer, and now we've got to wait a whole another year before we plant it to even see if we if if it worked. Right. You know, even see if it would even stand up or even grow or even germinate or or all of those things. Then um, you know we can we can already you know jump ahead of that pretty easy with the greenhouse and the, in the Puerto Rico thing. So it's kind of interesting, you know, um, you know, a lot of guys that, that I know that farm, you know, they're, they're, they're already kind of in heading towards vacation mode. You know, it's, it's getting to be close to Thanksgiving and, and the so, guys that aren't livestock farmers. Well, the guy, yes. The, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guys that are row, the row, the, crop, the row guys. crop guys, yep. you know, they're, they're already, you know, they, they, you know, I mean, they're, a lot of their biggest headache right now is, well, do I wash the combine this week or, you know. Right. Um, and, and so they're already in that. But even for us in, in the seed business, I mean, we've got, we've got a crop in the ground in, in Puerto Rico. We, we've, got, we, we're fix, we've got one crop in the ground in one, in, in one set of greenhouses. We're fixing to have another one. I mean, this is, this is kind of an, an ongoing thing. This isn't just 
this isn't just a a, a part of the year. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you got a conditioning facility that's that's ginning through the the seed corn right now. It's rolling in every day. Definitely, definitely, and and they are they they are they are rolling through all of that. So. Uh, absolutely. So interest. It's an interesting time of the year. It is. And and you know, I mean, it's is some things are winding down, other things are are, are winding up for us to be able to uh, to be able to con- continue to to be, the, you know, the the corn company that we are and and supply that for those guys. Um. So one one of the things that I just thought about that just kind of kind of propped my head. So these guys that are in these guys that are in areas that that maybe their harvest wasn't as good as it ought to be. You know what? What are we? What What are some? What are some things that we could uh, we could suggest for those guys if maybe they didn't get enough corn silage? Right. So you know the the good news is we talked about the fact that that overall feedstuff costs are are down. Right. Um, so you know if if we're we're lacking a little bit on on what we're able to grow on the farm, it's not going to cost us as much for the things we have to buy to to add in. Right. Um, so we do we do have that that as a uh, as a help. Um, you know and and with a with a dairy ration, and you know this better than I do, you know there are there are so many other components to it than mm-hmm. just corn silage. Right, right. Um, you know, so what what dairymen are going to have to do that are they're affected by some of these droughts is they're going to have to get a little creative and think about you know how can I how can I deliver the things that my corn silage is giving me? How can I deliver those from other other avenues? Yeah. And and some of that is probably going to be some harvestable cover crops, you know, some some uh, rye, triticale. Um, or triticale, depending on on where you are and who you're talking to, right? Right. You know some of those things that that are you know can some of the small small grain cereal grain type crops, cool season grasses where a guy could go in and um, and and plant those, harvest those in the spring, and still get still get uh, another corn crop in, and being able to do that and and help supply maybe some feed that he's going to need, you know, late in the spring, early in the summer. Yeah, and we're we're late enough in the year now that hopefully guys you know yeah. jump, jumped on some of this and yeah. got got some things yeah. planted where you know because you, you do have the option on on some of these these small grains and things that you could have taken a fall harvest a quick harvest off yeah. of some things and then turned around and and, and then had a uh, a full-blown haylage crop in the spring right uh with you know like you say your triticales uh you know some of your oats and peas and things like that kind of give yep. you some of those opportunities um you know so hopefully, hopefully we had guys taking advantage of, of that window. Um, but yeah, uh, they definitely, definitely can, can bring some of that, uh, some of that feed stuff in from other places. Yeah, definitely. And, and then, like you said, with, with, uh, you know, commodity, uh, corn and bean and stuff prices being down a little bit, being, you know, having to go buy those isn't going to be necessarily as detrimental as it could be with, uh, with commodity prices that would be higher and up. Right, and you know, and one of the one of the other things too that uh, that we haven't talked about that um, with commodity prices being lower, and and I've seen this with big farms, is that um, some of these guys that either don't have enough acres to grow their own corn silage, or they had a low, you know, they see they're going to have a bad harvest, they're not going to have as much time, or not going to have as much uh, corn silage as they need. Uh, right now, it's pretty easy to get row crop guys to work with you because yeah. he knows if he takes it to grain, he's only going to get three something a bushel yeah. if he goes to the elevator. Yeah. So you know, um, if he can if he can help you out and grow the corn silage that you need, a lot of times it's more uh, it's more productive for him to work with you than it is to haul it to the then elevator. Haul it to the you elevator. Know, when, when corn's at seven dollars, um, he doesn't he doesn't really care about the dairyman. He's no. ju- he's just going to make a big pile of corn, haul it to the elevator, and, yeah. and cash in cash in his checks. 
Um, but you know, because of where commodity prices are at, it's, you know, it's changing, changing the marketplace a little bit. Um, and it's given some of the dairymen a little more leverage, um, I guess with, with some of their growers to get them to grow the crops they want to, you know, get them to, to kind of, uh, work on a program that better fits the dairy than, than what they've been able to do in the past. Definitely. Good. Kevin, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Appreciate you coming in, talking through some of this with me. So I, uh, um, I will be, I'll be off and gone tomorrow. And so I probably won't see you until like almost Thanksgiving, maybe even after. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably see each other briefly and then maybe, maybe a week in December we'll do a few meetings and then, uh, that'll be about and it. Then will be it. So, yeah. well, good. Hey guys, thanks for listening in today. We appreciate you uh, listening in and, and we do. We hope that you have a happy Thanksgiving with your family and friends and uh so as always you can find us on social media you can find us on facebook on youtube and always always at seedcorn.com thanks for listening